0: Hello, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes, and after another lengthy delay in proceedings, I am back with another episode carrying on our little road trip through the Isle of Skye. So please join me for episode number 76 of the Scottish History Podcast. So, folks, of course, it's becoming quite a habit recently where I'm going to have to apologise once again for the lack of episodes recently... Being back at work and being in the middle of the tourist season um, just now is just so, so busy. Um, So I just unfortunately haven't had the time. I've also got many other things that are going on uh, in my life at the moment. So I really do apologise for the lack of episodes. But I'm trying as hard as I can to make sure that I'm always thinking of the podcast and uh, getting things gathered together. But uh, here we are once again. We're on episode 76. Absolutely brilliant. I uh, never genuinely, never actually realised I would even get this far into the podcast. So um, here we go with uh, part two of our little series. Uh, so we're still in Strath uh, on the Isle of Skye. Next time we're going to be moving on to the Slate Peninsula. Um, so here I'm going to be telling you a little bit about the towns of Broadford, Torrin, and Elgol. So as we continue on our road trip around the Isle of Skye, we will then come across the second largest settlement on the entire island. This is the town of Broadford. The name, as most place names on the Isle of Skye, uh, comes from the Old Norse. Its Norse translation would mean the Wide Bay, but from Gaelic, this would actually mean the Broad River Crossing. In the late 1700s, Broadford became a cattle market and in 1812, Thomas Telford, uh, mentioned previously in our episode about the Caledonian Canal, built the road that connects Broadford to Kyle Akin in the south of Skye. After the Napoleonic Wars ended in 1815, many of the Napoleonic War veterans moved to Skye and to Broadford in particular. These veterans actually named a part of Broadford Waterloo, which is still its name today. Now there is a common legend that comes out of Broadford, that in 1746, after the Battle of Culloden, when Bonnie Prince Charlie was on Skye, that he stayed with Captain John MacKinnon of the Clan MacKinnon on the island. To thank him for his hospitality, Charlie gave MacKinnon his prized recipe for his favourite drink. His favourite drink was a brandy-based liqueur, which had, at the time, no name. Now, the Clan MacKinnon kept this recipe for some years, when sometime in the late 19th century, the recipe was given by the Clan MacKinnon to a man called John Ross, whose son ran the Broadford Inn, which is now the Broadford Hotel, After John Ross's death in 1879, his son James Ross started to experiment a little bit with the recipe in the hotel. Firstly, he changed the base alcohol from brandy to Scotch whisky. He firstly sold the drink to his friends and then later to the patrons of his hotel. After noticing that it was doing quite well, he decided to give the drink a name. He gave the name Drambuie which comes from Gallic to mean the drink that satisfies. He also then started selling it further afield to places such as France and to the United States. Due to its rising popularity, James Ross eventually trademarked the name Drambouille in 1893. Many people and historians, however, do dispute this claim that the recipe came from Bonnie Prince Charlie and that the story was just used to boost the sales of the drink. Now, to the west of Broadford, there is a mountain called Ben Nacalach. This means the Hill of the Old Woman. It stands 732 metres, or 2,402 feet tall, and at the top there is a large cairn. This cairn is said to be the burial site of Saucy Mary, the Norwegian princess mentioned in our last episode. The legend claims that Saucy Mary was buried here with her body pointed towards her native Norway so that she could forever see the land of her birth. Now, on the eastern slope of Ben Nacallach, there is an area called Gurnablaer, meaning the field of the battle, which perhaps references a decisive battle and a decisive victory for the clan MacKinnon over the invading Norsemen. And in 2004, the mountain was ascended 10 times in one single day by a local man called Alan Cope. Alan Cope was climbing up here to raise some money uh, for a charity to improve the local leisure facilities in the south of Skye. Now, the cumulative distance that Alan Cope's ascents totaled was just 1,500 metres, so 5,000 feet, short of that of ascending Mount Everest. However, if you do include his 10 descents as well, then the distance would have surpassed this. He started his first descent at roughly 3.15am and finished his last descent at 7.30pm. Now, on that same day, another local man by the name of Murray Smith ascended the mountain with Alan on two occasions. Now, despite this being a smaller feat... The people of Broadford regard Murray as the true hero of this story. And the reason being is because Murray, on his first ascent up the mountain, consumed 13 cans of Strongbow cider, three bacon rolls, and he also smoked two marijuana joints. That is absolutely incredible that he even managed to make it to the top, back down back up and then back down again after consuming all of that. Now at the foot of Ben Nacalloch there was a marble quarry uh, where quarrying was done all the way throughout the course of the 1800s. In 1904 the quarrying was done on a much larger scale and the Sky Marble Railway was built in 1910 to carry the polished marble to a new pier that had been built at Broadford sections of which the pier you can still see to this day. Unfortunately, however, the demand for the marble from this particular area declined very quickly and the quarry and railway closed down by 1914. Now, the marble that was quarried out of here uh, used to actually be sent across to Antwerp in Belgium. However, some of the marble was used in Armadale Castle uh, on the Slate Peninsula on Skye as well as the altar at uh, Iona Abbey. There is, however, still a marble quarry at the nearby town of Torran, which is not only produces marble, but it also produces lime as well. Now, Torrin sits between Broadford and the coastal village of Elgol. The population of Torrin today is round about 40 people. However, in the 19th century, this peaked at 120 people. Now, the old schoolhouse in Torren closed in 1961, but it used to be used in the 1940s as a training base for the Royal Marine Commandos. The building, the old schoolhouse building, is nowadays a commercial bunkhouse. Now, if you continue past Torren, you then arrive at the aforementioned Elgol. Now, this is the last place that we're going to be talking about on our little section about Strath, and uh, next week I mentioned we're going to move on to the Slate Peninsula. Now, this particular part of the peninsula was controlled by the aforementioned Clan MacKinnon, and it was here on the 4th of July 1746 that Bonnie Prince Charlie, under the protection of Captain John MacKinnon, was sheltered for a time. It is also from here where you can find what's known as the Prince's Cave a cave which is said to have been used by Bonnie Prince Charlie to await the arrival of a boat to take him back to the mainland of Scotland before he left the mainland of Scotland to head back to France. Elgol is mostly home these days to holiday homes, so barely anyone actually ever lives in Elgol. But there are two private boat tour companies that run trips over Loch Kurisk for seal and other wildlife spotting adventures. The village does have two coffee shops and a little restaurant, so it is somewhere that I would recommend that you head down to. You also get absolutely fantastic views over the Cuillin on a lovely day as well. So if you are headed to the Isle of Skye, I do recommend that you head down to the little village of Elgol from Broadford. So, folks, that does complete our uh, journey through Strath uh, for the moment. Next time, we are going to be moving on to talk about the Slate Peninsula. Um, Just as I'm recording this, I'm looking at the length of time that this... um, episode has been uh, again unfortunately uh, it's just been trying to find the time to write longer episodes and things uh, it just hasn't been coming along but uh, hopefully next time there's there is a lot to talk about on the Sleep peninsula so hopefully next time we will have plenty to talk about once again folks i do want to first of all apologize um i know that i, I get messages all the time saying stop apologizing but uh genuinely um it's Just so, so busy just now with work, which, I mean, for me is absolutely fantastic, but for the podcast, unfortunately, um, has been kind of um, not helped with that. Um, But I am trying to keep myself on the go and uh, writing new material uh, whenever I possibly can. So, uh, again, please bear with me uh, throughout this. Um, And also, thank you very much uh, for the support that I've been getting um, and uh, the emails and things like that um so good to see so many people are going to be heading across to Scotland looking for advice and um help with itineraries and things like that so um once again if you have sent me one of these emails i will be getting back to you uh, as soon as possible hopefully as soon as i've finished recording this episode so once again folks thank you so very much if uh, you want to get in touch you can do so through via, via the website which is www.scotthistorypod.com Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well if you haven't added me on any of those uh, then go and follow me on there Uh, once again folks thank you so very very much for listening and I will speak to you again next time